Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie, Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Yeah. I will have to say, though, that, what was it, the Facebook post that you put about um, pony play? That was a scary damn thing to Google. Fucking missed that. Wait, oh, no, I forget. My God. I forget why I was, why I said. It said, it said something about how horseplay and pony play oh. are completely different things and in the future it's or how it's confusing in languages i don't know all i oh, saw was pony play and i'm like eh, what's pony play let's look that up <laughs> so tell us none of the rest of us did that so oh you gotta fill us in man that way we don't have to make your same mistake it's role-playing but one person pretends a they're pony? a horse like nice. they dress up like in a latex rubber suit that looks like a horse and they can either play like um, the person will pull the other person around in a cart. The horse, quote unquote, will pull the other person around in one of those like little two wheel carts <laughs> or one will like pretend that they're riding the other one. What the hell? Seriously? Uh, it was in, of course, the images came up. <laughs> of some of these people and one of them the one that i text you was fucking hilarious the one where this, this guy a, this big big huge guy sitting on the sofa <laughs> and next his to dog this, is next to him <laughs> and the dog is looking at him like what the fuck <laughs> that dog was scared i swear to god i had the same look as that dog did when i saw that picture i'll send it to you keith because it was I just I was I don't thinking even... you remember when we had, when we talked at one point about the the guys who collect my little ponies bronies yes that's yeah. what I thought you bronies. were talking about yes that's what <laughs> I thought it was but those guys like dressed up in like cute fluffy that's what I was picturing well, outfits. those are furries this... <laughs> right this is I mean, completely different <laughs> Hold on, let me find this picture and I send it to you. I think there's a furry. Oh, I found a group. I think there's actually God. a furry Louisiana convention this weekend fetish. in Oklahoma City. And it's a good it's a good yeah. weekend for it because it is freaking cold here. It is cold. I think I, I would even wear a furry costume at this point if it were brand new. I don't think you should. If it were weekend. brand new. <laughs> Only if it were brand new. <laughs> the idea in New Orleans, of a- Louisiana, there's a Lu- the Louisiana Pony Fetish Group. They are vanilla Monday through Friday. But on the weekends, they love strapping on their stirrups and fat saddling up for two days of pony play. So, you know, if you live in New Orleans, there's a whole group for that. Yay. You know, what people do in the privacy of their own uh, bedrooms and whatnot really are none of our business. But it sure is entertaining to to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Pat, do you want me to send you this picture, too? She's got to see it. (laughs) What's... That doesn't look so much like a horse as a wolf. See, that's yeah, what I was I think thinking it might before. Be a wolf. 
but oh, yeah, I whatever it, it is, it's terrifying. Oh, it, yeah, it is a wolf. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, look at the dog's expression. Did, do you know. not feel, I completely understand what that dog is thinking right now. That dog yeah. is thinking, I got to get the fuck out of here, man. This guy is, has finally lost his nut. <laughs> but does he have on clothes underneath that suit? It, look, it looks that like just a, a scar. It, it looks like a he's wearing a plastic suit too. He looks like he stepped yeah. out of a freaking Yeah, but it looks like he has a flannel shirt on underneath it. Like what around if, his neck it's like red and black. I don't know. That's what he's, he's, ascot. I think he's he has on an, like ascot. an ascot. Yeah. <laughs> now now that's a word I didn't think I'd be using in the future. <laughs> <laughs> And the dog tag hanging over the ascot. Oh, oh man, shake dog tag. Some people take Good their um, their secret lives very seriously. Well, I mean, if of course I have I a dog too. tag on a necklace. So Martha. do I. Yes, yeah. I, I have a dog tag. It says Sylvia there you on go. it. You guys yep. could so be. do I. So what is dog play? I wonder. Is that like puppy play? Look it up, Keith. Google it. I don't want to. I have the weirdest stuff that comes up because I keep forgetting to go into the incognito when I search shit. But they, yeah, me I too. One, one of my first kind of, wow, there really are all kinds out there moments was, oh, I think I was probably in college. And the book everybody was reading was The Happy Hooker. And she has a chapter in there where she screws her German shepherd. <gasps> oh, no, no. I thought you were talking about the knitting woman. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. I no, thought the, the original happy hooker. <laughs> wow. Here, here really I thought that I like had a crocheter and you looked for that. And you were like, Whoa. oh, man, I really kind of thought that I had read all the disturbing things. But I guess you got me beat, Pat. <laughs> Yep, that's one that I didn't need to picture. <laughs> oh, that's what else? Awesome. What else were we gonna talk about? Speaking of Facebook, Shona G has now gotten me. She had put up a post about playing this game Wordle, yeah. which they also happened to be talking about on NPR this morning. Uh -huh. And so I said, "Like, I think I've played thirty games of it already." Today. I don't understand. You can play more than one it. game a day. You can go, it's the archive you and you can go previous <gasps> days. See, mm -hmm. I thought you could only yeah. just play that day. And so I played just the one no, game today. Look, look for, look for Shona's oh. She's got a link that goes to the archive site. But it's just a bunch of blank boxes. I don't understand. No, you have to put, game. the only reason oh, like I mastermind. know. mastermind. Yeah, you, you, put a, you put a five letter word in and it'll tell you by different colors whether the letter is in the, you're trying to determine its secret word. So if it you turns, put a five letter word in and if it turns gold, then that letter is in the word, but not in that position. If it turns see, I green, tried that in and that there word were no ends. colors. So I must have just typed in a word with like nothing. Right. And yeah. then I thought, I don't know, I'm doing it wrong. No, that's that's right. You just have to keep trying. But then the great thing yeah. is, is, you know what not to put in based on mm -hmm. your poor choices. Yeah. Did, don't you wish life was like that? You'd know what <laughs> not of. to put in by your poor, poor choices. <laughs> some of us don't learn that until we're much much older what not to put in <laughs> what we were talking about on facebook actually goes back to the puppy play thing because it was um new approach to self-care talk to myself the same way as i talk to dogs and i said could you imagine talking to your friends like you talk to dogs 
Well, I think I like, think the original oh, post was. I think the original post was talk to yourself that way for good yeah. self care. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you! Aren't you a pretty girl? Look at that fat belly. <laughs> look at that beautiful fat belly. Oh. But it would be funny. Do you want a treat? With my yeah, cats, cat. I'm like, you asshole! What are you doing? Stop it, freak. Like, I'm mean to my cats. I love them, but they're assholes. See, I say things to my dog like, oh, you're too fat to have any more. Because she sits outside the door and waits for treats all day long sometimes. Yeah. You know, she just sits there. state of mind is like, you're such a good boy. You are dumb as a box of rocks, but you are such a good boy. (laughs) Please don't talk to me like that, Pat. (laughs) My self-esteem just can't take it, even if it is true. (laughs) My favorite saying is still from from Ron, dumber than a bag of hammers. For some reason, I always picture that being a paper bag and it being wet. I don't know where that came from, but I've heard it. I've heard. I think sack of hammers is usually a sack of hammers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sack of hammers. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of rocks. Yeah. Hammers is new to me, though. That's fun. Yeah. 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 It's always been rocks for me. I'm not very um, carpenter esque. Carpenter esque. (laughs) Carpenter esque. So I don't really have a lot of hammers. I (laughs) I, knock things with like shoes. Does a person need to? own more than one hammer i have lots well i guess yeah because if you got the little tiny hammers for silversmithing and you got a rubber hammer the clown hammer now that is a great (laughs) fucking hammer you know what i want i want like one of those chicken hammers what's a chicken hammer like a meat oh i have one of those i I don't have one of those well why didn't you tell me i could have got you one for christmas Here's something to beat your meat, Bonnie. <laughs> nice. Everybody needs one of those. I mean, you're all the time sending me articles with different things I can do with my meat. Why not beat it? We, of course, did have a client, a butcher shop at the station whose slogan was, you can't beat our meat. <laughs> that makes a good radio commercial. Yeah. Those folks in Wyoming, they've got themselves a good sense of humor. Bonnie, before I forget to, to ask you this. Something really odd has happened on my Audible account. There's this book in my Audible account that says I have read it. But when I looked it up and looked at the description, there's no fucking way I read that book. What's it called? It's called The Girl in 6E. Because I read that book. Oh. Isn't it? It's It's a smut book. It's a smut book. That's that one that I told you that the girl has murderous tendencies so she never leaves her house and oh. she gets everything um through she orders everything online and for money she has an online porn site okay yeah. and See, because- people pay to watch her like masturbate and stuff god i was looking at my audible account and i'm like Okay, I, yeah, it's true. I read a lot of weird shit, yeah. but that did not. It, one of these things is not like the others, and I couldn't. For, yeah. I couldn't make it fit. It had to be you. I didn't know what else it was going to be. See, I was thinking about doing that for like one of my like, I don't know, like October reads or something. And while it was a very, I, I enjoyed the book very much. It was not extremely believable. Extremely hot. I mean, but like she ends up having to leave her apartment because she 
kind of discovers through her clientele about somebody who's kidnapping girls and holding them hostage. And so she, she like for that information. That's weird. Well, it like because people have fetishes. So oh. Oh. and she watches, you know, she keeps up with the news and everything online. And she just kind of fit the pieces together on this one client she had and hmm. what's was happening to these these girls that they were finding dead and she um had I'm, some other clients that were really good at like computer kindness things and she just kind of figured out the whole mystery and then she the like fedex man who delivers all of her stuff because she orders everything online um she talks to him through the door but she had never actually seen him before and she ends up taking his truck to try to investigate the, these kidnappings and these murders. And then, you know, it's like a little love story and yada, yada. But she, like, has murderous tendencies. So she's trying really hard not to kill anyone while she's out of her room. <laughs> and so, yeah. Actually sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> it was it was really good. I actually really liked it. I thought about reviewing mm-hmm. it. And then I was like, mm, that might be a little far-fetched for people. <laughs> like, well, I'm just relieved. A lot of I'm just relieved that I didn't like <laughs> read it, sleep read it, or <laughs> I mean, I Martha, don't know. you might like it. You might like it. It's not super romancy, and it's it's got some pretty <laughs> gory parts to it. Not yeah. super gory, but there's there's some violence. There's lots of sex, even though the sex is between her and you know the dildo she sticks on the wall it's still sex (laughs) (laughs) no i think i'll pass on that one really you're talking about weird after i just told you about a girl that locked herself in her own apartment for three years because she wants to kill people yeah well weirder than that (laughs) yeah do you know how many people here in my town are like obsessed with dungeon Dungeon Crawler Carl, really? Yeah, like my friend (gasps) Annie really wanted it. And then her mom, she got her mom into reading it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is so cool. I love Dungeon Crawler. So, I mean, there's all sorts of people. So, I guess you just never know. And now we have to worry about having just defended all those pony play people. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm just saying if you like that, you like that. It's, It's no skin off my behind. Nope. No, no skin no. off your I'm hide. Not trying to, yeah, I'm not the one trying to put on that rubber suit. <laughs> yeah, that would be tough. That's like a one time only thing. Dude, I don't even like to put on pantyhose. I couldn't imagine. Dude, if it's rubber, you just to have put to put on a rubber suit. Out. Yeah, but think about if you're How sweaty you trying off? to freaking like, put that on and off. I would have to cut it off. I swear to you. You know, I, it'd be like Ross, like Ross with those leather, leather pants. pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's got to be some sort of trick. Maybe you have to grease yourself up to get in each time. You have to lube it up. Is yeah, that what you're saying, you Martha? Yeah, lube that bad to lube boy it up. up Where's the <laughs> Another use for kitchen gadgets. And there'd be no chafing. The one in, uh, the one in, Ameri- in the first American Horror Story that had Rubber yeah. Man as yeah. the yeah. Yes. like a long zipper. It did. I think it. You're right. It did. I think it did. Yeah. That's yeah. a that's a good point. So you'd have to have help putting it on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there is two people. If you're pulling the cart, you got to pull somebody behind you. True. 
It wouldn't be a good masturbation plan. (laughs) Some people like pulling the cart, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Pulling the cart sounds like a phrase that should be on my George Carlin poster. I know, right? (laughs) I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) Oh, God. Because I'm having, I'm going through one of those times when I'm trying to read a bunch of different stuff all at the same time because I can't. Do you ever go through those things where just nothing tastes good? Yeah. Where, where you mm-hmm. take a bite of this one and you go, I'm not hungry for that right now. And then, <laughs> and then you go through five or six and you're like, I'm just being hard to please. I need to settle. I'm, I'm having the opposite. It's like with Adrian Tchaikovsky, it's like, this is really good. And I want to eat more and I want more. And somebody on the call last week was talking about another book of his, the Someday yep. All This Will Be Yours. Uh, yeah, I haven't read that one yet. And, but it sounded really cool. Did you so read the like, um, Alderaan one or Alder? No, all I've done is the children of children okay. of time. Because that was a weird kind of thought experiment kind of book. I'd, I would love to hear your feedback on the beginning is similar to that in that uh, they people go out into space to an object and then they go inside of it and to explore and w- weird shit ensues it was really interesting that's the plot of about probably 25 percent of fair all the all the rama books are that way all that fair um, I wish I could think of the name. Doesn't of- mean it's bad. It's just like, yeah, that's a pretty standard one. Yeah, but this one was weird because walking to Aldebaran, it was 144 pages. It was short. And I know he's got some series and I, I'm always reluctant to get into series. Yeah, that's why, I, especially now, because if I if I get into a series, then that takes the books off my list for stuff I can Mm-hmm. I spent all week reading a really huge book that was, that's like number 20, 27 in the series. Oh, geez. 21, wow. 21. And I, I want to say it was over 700 pages. It was really long. Like he's got this, this series called the Shadows of the Apt. And it looks like it's eight or 10 books. It's like. Oh, yeah. No. No, I don't get into that anymore. I used to love doing it, that, but I can't do it now. I have to go for shorter shorter series if if any. Usually I'll just read the first couple and then move on to something else. I'm trying to lurk up my um research for the book that I'm doing today because when I read it, of course, you know, I Google that shit and I took a picture, a screenshot because I wanted to remember what this said. But you did say no, you, you were going to lurk. It. You did say you're going to lurk it up. So just wondering if that's like standing on the edge and peering at it. I said, look, <laughs> look it up. I think I think you don't hear well. Did anybody else hear lurk it up? I said, I have to look it up. You were actually listening to Kiss. Well, yeah, because Alice is a freaking right wing talk show now. That's right. I accidentally turned it on there one time and they were talking about conspiracy theories along with COVID. And I was like, what the fuck happened? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they changed it. Oh, see, I wanted to warn you ahead of time. I did warn you ahead of time the day before. You did. But it's just so automatic Mm -hmm. that I just pushed the button and... Yep. Yeah. We had a lot of people come on to our uh, yeah, it just really sucks. Facebook page and say, what the 
hell? Because they knew that she was our sister station. We had an LMA with a local station where we ran it and we had the format was really good it was a combination of kind of like uh if you took all the current songs out of adult contemporary and then put in a bunch of 80s and 90s that's what the station that alice format (coughs) yeah 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 i've I've heard that down in colorado yeah do they call it an oldie station because i love that no it's it's different it's a hybrid it's a hybrid because they don't, I don't like it. Go ahead. They add in the, some of the new stuff too, uh, new-ish stuff. Uh, it's I like do not like listening to those, the oldie yeah. station, and there's like eighty songs, and I get sad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like that's not an oldies. Fifties <laughs> songs are oldies. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard to come to terms with aging, isn't it, Keith? I'm not aging. You're aging. <laughs> it's the ones who play 90s stuff as oldies. That kind of go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's also sad. Yes, it is. All of the above is sad. Yeah. <sighs> right. Now, what did we talk about in the beginning so we know what to go back to? Pony play? Pony play. Talk to yourself like you talk to your dog. Meat tenderizing. Worst cooks in America. Um... Cincinnati chili and smelts, the woman in 6E, and how to take off a rubber suit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, we're just all over the place, aren't we? <laughs> the combination of all that stuff together just kind of puts us in a little oh nutshell, gosh. doesn't it? <laughs> I think that sums up three book girls sure right does. there. Throw some books in the middle there, and that's, that's about it. <laughs> I think we should probably move along to the main event, which doesn't have anything to do with rubber suits, to my knowledge, does it? <laughs> That's no, not, not really. Her book. Uh, that would be no, mine. <laughs> no. Not unless you want to start with Keith's book, because, or or you want to talk about the girl in six E, because <laughs> there's some rubber suits happening there, I'm sure. Nice. But unfortunately, there are no rubber suits in my book because. It wouldn't be a super sad Rubber wasn't book. invented yet. <laughs> no, no, no. This took place in 1977, so they did have rubber. Oh, okay. Um, so the book that I am going to talk about today is called Damnation Spring by Ash Davidson. And I will have to say that this book has a very depressed feel. No from way. From start to end. Before anything bad even happens, it's just a very, I would not read this book if you're already depressed because this just might send you hiding in your closet for three years with murderous tendencies. How are you feeling, Bonnie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I read this book like a month ago, so I'm okay now, but it took, I mean, it's a sad book. I mean, coming from me, that means a lot because I read mostly sad books and so this is about a town whose uh, main income for the whole town is timber and lumber so it kind of like the california oregon line on the coast and um very very small town so think very very small community so pretty much everybody knows everybody else's business and the biggest employer of the whole town is a lumber company and that's what people do they 
climb up these trees and I can't remember the exact terms because it's been a month since I've read it and Tree topper. Okay. Hey, you know, and cut off these trees, which is an extremely dangerous job. And a lot of people are injured or get killed in this job. And another thing that they do to be able to cut down these trees is they spray herbicide in the forest to get rid of all of the weeds and brush. So it's easier to harvest the trees. So that kind of sets up like the, the scene that we're going for. The main characters in this is Colleen and Rich Gunderson, and they have one son and Colleen has had a whole bunch of miscarriages. I think it's like eight or so. And when this book starts, she has just recently had another miscarriage and she's pretty, you know, upset and depressed about that. Also, she is a midwife in the town. So not only is she having to struggle with her own depression over losing a child, she has to go and try to help other people welcome their babies into the world. And a lot of these babies are being born with birth defects. A lot of birth defects, a lot of miscarriages are happening in this small town. And one of the birth defects that they talk about a lot is um, the birth defect where the brain doesn't develop fully in the fetus when, so after the baby's born, the baby only lives for minutes or hours. I mean, right. like I said, this is a very depressing book, Jeez. very depressing, mm. a lot of trigger warnings on this. And as the town is kind of, you know, doing what they always do, environmentalists and everything are protesting in the town. And one of the environmentalists is also a scientist and he's taking samples of water from the creek that everybody uses for their day-to-day use. They water their animals, they cook with it, they drink it, they shower in it. And he's trying to make light of the situation that these chemicals from this herbicide that they're spraying is going into the water and poisoning people. And of course, the biggest employer in town who makes a whole lot of money off of the lumber is trying to bully his employees and their families into not believing these protesters and these scientists and trying to, I don't know, like waylay these families who are cooperating with giving the samples and everything else, uh, which Rich, the, the husband in this is employed by and people are losing their jobs. People are losing their houses. People, I mean, it's just, it's not a good situation. And that's basically what the book is about. It's about them finding out what's happening with these chemicals and it kind of opening the eyes of the people of this town. And I looked this up because, you know, you know me. And if I see something interesting in a book, I'm going to look it up. And Mm -hmm. the chemicals that they were using to spray to the herbicide to kill these weeds and everything is the same chemicals that they used in agent orange in Vietnam. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, that's how harsh this is. And the government banned using it for use in Vietnam and for some other uses, but they did not ban it for use in the lumber industry. What? When they how old is this book? Is this like a this current? happened in 1977? Oh, okay, okay. So it's not extremely current, but um, they used it in Vietnam in like 64, I think. But yet they were still using it in the United States in 1977 after they already knew what happens when you ingest these chemicals. And the government were, was still letting these huge lumber companies that were making so much money use these chemicals in their lumbering process. And yeah, yeah, it's a big government fail right there, I, I believe, with trying to protect their citizens. And that's basically what the book is about. I don't want to go into too much detail on what happens. Um, I will say that the scientist that comes in and Colleen, who's the wife of the main couple, um, they were actually an item when they were both in college or maybe mm. high school. Yeah. So there's a little bit of history going on there. So you get a little bit of history. And then, of course, all of the horrible things happening in the town. And it was a pretty good read. It took me a little bit to get into it just because of the whole depressing nature of this book. And I really don't like to read about babies dying. That's, I just don't, I just don't. That's not the kind of books that I like. I mean, you can throw them in a river, but. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> That's just nothing but good biblical tradition. But I got to, exactly. I got to draw the line at that. It's just like a christening. <laughs> a really aggressive christening. <laughs> right? <laughs> but it was very well written. And once I got into it, I was really invested in hearing what these chemicals were doing to the people and how this lumber company, this major lumber company was trying to block the investigations. So then it started getting more interesting. So even though the beginning of the book starts out super depressing, you still get a lot of good information. I mean, I'm not going to say it gets any less depressing through the whole book, <laughs> but you start getting that little, that moral conundrum. You get that big bad wolf because of this big company that's trying to block the investigations. You get the mystery of what this chemical is doing to the people. So it was actually better than what I thought it would be. I'm glad I stuck with it and didn't quit. And that was called Damnation Spring by Ash Davidson. That's my sad, depressing, everyone's going to need a liquor break after I always but, go on Goodreads. And since we're going right in, and since we're going right into Keith, the liquor has a different connotation. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of loosen you up, let you get out of that rubber suit. <laughs> no, I Googled yeah. that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, good. How am I going to talk now when I'm thinking about the rubber suit? Ow. <laughs> Listen, I need to go get more coffee for this. Be right back. <laughs> All right, Keith, hit us up. What do you got? Uh, so the book I read this 
week is called Love and Other Disasters, and it is by Anita Kelly. It is a romance. It is. It was way different than any other romance I've ever read because I have never read about a non-binary character before. It was really interesting. So a non-binary individual is an individual that doesn't associate with either the male or the female gender. These are the people that use the they and them pronouns. Okay. So this particular book is about a cooking competition, not the worst cooks, but the best cooks. And these are all home chefs. So um, it's, it's a TV show called Chef Special. And it's basically, I was getting uh, master chef kind of vibes from it. So there are a whole bunch of contestants and they go through challenges and then there are three judges and they taste their food and everything. And um, then each week somebody gets sent home. Uh, so in this book, our main characters are Dahlia and she is recently divorced. Uh, she is on the verge of bankruptcy because divorce was really expensive and her ex-husband wasn't the most thrifty guy. So she really needs to win the contest because she wants the money out of it. And the win uh, the winner gets like $100,000. Um, and then uh, our other main character is London. Line London is our first non-binary contestant on this show. So when they go into the interview booth, uh, they explain that they use them and their pronouns. Uh, and it's a big thing for the show. It's a big thing for London uh, because London's family is generally very supportive, uh, but their father has refused to use the they and them pronouns for the last three years. So when London tells the family that they have come out to the entire world via television, things aren't great with dad. So the two of them, Dahlia is a queer woman. Um, they first get to be really good friends because they're on this cooking show. And London, like anything, of course, London had problems the first day when they explained their pronouns. Some Karen woman had to be like, well, I don't know about this. Everybody should just use the pronouns that they're supposed to use and da 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 da. So right off the bat, there are kind of like sections. So there's like one camp that's pro Karen lady. Her name's not Karen, but I think of her as a Karen because she's just a piece of crap. So they're in two camps basically. And Dahlia the first day sticks up for London and they become really good friends. Uh, as the show goes on, they cook near each other. So they, they're, they're, they're kind of funny. They're really hysterical. They're making fun of the judges and they're, and they forget that they're constantly mic'd. So producers have to come up to them all the time and be like, okay, stop. You can't talk about people that way. <laughs> um, so, and as their friendship develops, then a relationship develops. And uh, unfortunately though, the big issue of course, is that only one of them is gonna win this competition if one of them even wins. I mean, there's not gonna be a tie, there's not gonna be like sharing of the prize money or anything. 
So they're trying to have a relationship, but at the same time, they're supposed to be enemies in this. And you guys know, we've talked about in American cooking shows, it's not like British cooking shows where they're all like, yes, I want you, I want to help you. So their situation is weird to everybody. Um, this is not a PG-13 book. There are sexual situations in this book. So for people who are uncomfortable with that, there was one sentence, I'm serious, one sentence, and they mentioned that there's toe sucking and the people on Goodreads went crazy. And they're like, oh my gosh, trigger warning for toe sucking. <laughs> and I was like, it was one Jeez, toe, they sucked Louise. it for a second and then they moved on. But apparently if you don't like toe sucking, literally there's a sentence that talks about toe sucking. They do really interesting things with food at some points, which is funny. Um, so yeah, if, if reading about sexual situations isn't your thing, this is probably not your book. But along with the romance, which is really, really sweet, there are a whole lot of other issues like jealousy over the fact that one of them is gonna do better than the other person in this competition. The fact that at some point they have to reunite with their families and London is still not sure about how their dad is gonna handle all this. It was really a fascinating book because, again, I have never read a book about a non-binary person, let alone a romance. I struggled with a lot of stuff. I'm like constantly asking my 17-year-old about stuff. And she's like, Mom, sometimes I don't know the answers either. I was like, you're supposed to know everything because you're young and I'm old. But um, I learned a lot, too, so that was really good. And it's a very enjoyable book. And that was called Love and Other Disasters by Anita Kelly. Where's All right, uh, Ms. Greiner. I read a book called The Wonder by Emma Donahue. Uh, and she's, she's familiar. Um, she is uh, probably most familiar to people as the author of The Room. Uh, not The Room, just Room. The one that's told from the perspective of the, the little boy who's grown up as the child of a kidnapper and the woman he kidnapped. But this is a different kid with a different problem. Uh, it's, it's a fascinating book. It's about um, a little girl, oh, she's 11 years old, lives in Ireland. It's set in the 1850s, I believe. And this little girl has, as far as anyone knows, not eaten for four months. That's not good. And, and she seems to be perfectly normal, not ailing, not fading away. So her obviously some people want to promote her as like a, a saint in the making almost. And the local uh, town, the townspeople form a committee to look into this. And they hire two people, one of whom is a nun, the other of whom is a nurse from England who comes over to Ireland to watch this little girl for two weeks and make sure that there are no, that there's no shenanigans being pulled, that she's not being slipped food somehow. Uh, and our, our main character and the point of view we see things through is that of this nurse who is a, a very, a, a very interesting character. She's very self-sufficient for a woman in the 1850s. She has a strong sense of herself. She 
wants to accomplish things in life beyond the usual circles that women were limited to. She had been a nurse who trained under Florence Nightingale in the Crimean War. And, um, and she brings a pretty rigorous scientific approach to this and finds herself thwarted at every turn. Um, the parents are not really happy that she's there. People are suspicious of her because she's English and they're Irish because she is educated and they are basically kind of peasant stock um, who have not had those opportunities. And, and she develops a friendship with this little girl. The girl is bright and precocious and funny and they, they really bond. And I don't wanna to give too much away, but th things come to light, the kind of the ugly side of very small village life, the things that no one talks about, the whole, yeah, things come to light, you find out what's happened, and it really does look for a while like it's going to be a very dark ending to the book. But she finds a way to turn it around. I won't say more than that, I'll just say you won't end depressed. But uh, <laughs> it's it's beautifully written. The characters are are wonderful. I mean, they're very believable. They are very multifaceted. And it's just a, a marvelous piece of writing. She has a little um, preface in which she talks about the fact that there were, I think from like Renaissance times on forward, about 40 or 50 cases of what they called fasting women who were supposed to exist on nothing but prayer and the love of God and and none of them, this is not any one particular case, it's not a true story of something that happened, but it's inspired by those stories because almost all of those people through history have been women, not no, much in the way of boys or men who have had that phenomenon associated with them. But it is a, it's not a very long book. It's a wonderful read and just a spellbinding story. So I really highly recommend it. And that is The Wonder by Emma Donahue. And longtime listeners will know that I actually reviewed this book when it first came out, which was what? 2016. Uh, six, seven years ago. Yeah. 2015, I think. 2015. Yeah. It was... Uh, I don't know what this was like episode in our first, it was, like, but six months. Yeah, it was one of the very first. It might not even sets. be up anymore because we don't have all our episodes up there. We took five down, the first five. Yeah. I probably could have left them on, but. They were pretty bad. Yeah. We sucked. <laughs> we sucked at the beginning. Our first bunch of them were awful, but. <clears throat> anyway, uh. But yes, I absolutely loved that book so much um, because it really shows a lot of different. It shows like a really stark contrast between faith and science mm -hmm. from during a time when it might have been very dangerous to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I just have a lot of admiration for yes. Lib yes. as a character. Yes. She, is, she was just said, unusually strong and, and independent and, and capable yeah. for a woman of that time. Plus it had such an awesome ending. I didn't see any of that coming the way, yeah. the way it ended. Um, 
And it is one of those books that I've recommended to so many different kinds of people over the years because it's so unique. Diverse. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's a historical fiction type novel. Um, but yet it's not like anything I'd ever heard of or had ever read before. Uh, that's one for my uh, my English major head, not my sci-fi geek heart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pat's got it her. It definitely is not sci-fi. I was surprised when Martha read it. It's one of those ones I have no idea why I picked it up. You know what you said I when you it reviewed it of five music. years ago? What? Be- because it had the spoon on the front. <laughs> you liked the cover. It did have I a like spoon spoons. on the front. Yeah. Well, That's just, why I remembered it. I remembered, yeah. I'm like, Martha liked that because of the spoon. I, did I give you that book? Frog music? No, The Wonder. No, I uh, I okay. got it on our book girls trip to Denver. Oh, that's. Yay. I remember us having a conversation about it. I just couldn't Have remember. you read frog music? Yes. Martha recommended that to me a couple of years ago. and I loved and I, it. It yeah. was so good. I think about that one a lot. Every time yeah. somebody brings up smallpox, my head goes right to frog music. I just. <laughs> That was the first time I had ever read a book that put me so, so strongly in the head of somebody during a time period that wasn't trying to teach me something. Well, since Pat didn't do sci-fi, I kind of feel like I need to. (laughs) Representation, (laughs) man. I got to (laughs) represent. Actually... I have just been on a binge of William Gibson lately. As a matter of fact, I just reread The Peripheral, which is one of my favorite books of his, and its sequel, Agency, which I'm still reading right now. But this book is called Pattern Recognition by William Gibson. I think one of the best things about William Gibson's characters is that He writes women in a way that I can relate to. This particular character is so incredibly quirky. I just loved her from the very beginning. She has a very unique phobia. She she is, quote, allergic to brand names. So Hmm. she breaks out in hives if she sees certain iconic brands. That'd save you some money at the grocery store. Yeah, so she can't wear clothing that has any like brand to it. She has to go way out of her way to get clothing that doesn't have brands, but it has a lot to do with her job. She is a uh, market reach research consultant. Mm. So it's all tied in together. So part of the reason that I just got sucked into the novel so quickly is because she was so interesting. She's an interesting woman. She has really, just a cool style. She's the kind of person that I would hang out with. Quirky, different. So it's her job to obsess over trends and whatnot. She um, spends a lot of time on the internet. And one of the things that she obsessed by is this, it's really kind of hard to even explain. It's like, like if you tried to explain what an NFT is, it's like one of those really weird, quirky computer things that you have to explain to people but it's a video that's online and it has taken the internet by storm because nobody knows where it came from so it's almost like a piece of art that's out there that there are millions of people trying to figure out its origin and people get obsessed with it very quickly well she gets this weird job offer from this extremely rich client from a company called blue ant 
And all of this weird shit starts happening to her. I knew I was going to have a hard time explaining this fucking book because it's so weird. She she is she's looking for the person that made this film. And so are a bunch of other people. And because of her connections, so like the filmmakers, like company, a Banksy, a bit. Yes. A bit like that. Very, very secretive. Okay. Nobody knows what the. So they're searching for this person through Internet stuff, stuff I don't understand. <laughs> and the work that she's doing for this company and that sort of combine. And like I said, the reason that I, that I really liked the book had nothing to do with any of that. It was mostly, I just loved the character and the way she interacted with people in it. It was a mystery at its core, which usually the books I like are. But it was also the story of her and her interactions with people. You don't really get the sense. She's, she's clearly not a Nero. How would you even say that? This takes place in New York City right after 9-11. And there's a tie-in sort of to the World Trade Center in there as well. So you get a lot of really interesting little details. It's like a huge puzzle that you don't have a box for. And I love those kind of books. And William Gibson is really good at them. So love letter to William Gibson. Please write more books. People will know him from his uh, book, Neuromancer, which is huge. Probably he invented cyberpunk. And it's one of my favorite genres in science fiction. I, I just really dig it. So if you like that sort of thing, then you're going to like Pattern Recognition by William Gibson. It's the first in a series of three even though I didn't really tell you what the hell it was about. <laughs> now we're intrigued. That's now good. there will be some people who are intrigued. I like that writing style. I kind of like being confused when I'm reading. Because <laughs> it makes it more interesting, the idea that I might be able to figure it out. It actually reminded me a lot of Night Film, The Night Film by Marsha Pessel. I really loved that book too. And that's what I like about doing this podcast with you guys, because... The whole show doesn't rest on my recommendations. I can be weird. Well, so I can be weird and quirky in my own little corner, and it's not going to ruin the show. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of people that like your books, though. So seriously, <laughs> love letter to William Gibson. So you're going to like cheat on Stephen King with him? <gasps> no. <laughs> Ooh. If I had to choose uh -oh. which one of them I would rather have lunch with. That would be a hard choice. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't think I ad admire famous authors in the way Megan does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well. <laughs> I Nobody analyzes Thank you, anything kind of like Megan <laughs> yeah, does. I think I, would I love her story. dearly, but she is such a fangirl. Yeah, she is. I'm oh, a, my gosh. I'm a fangirl in that I admire really good work. And I would love to have lunch with somebody like that, have great conversations. But who would you get into a rubber suit for? That's the question. <laughs> Nobody, but I'd help yeah, people take I, off the rubber yeah, suit. I, don't, <laughs> I do have a latex allergy, so it, it, it is would a real... It would be a latex-free. You're, you're more of the, what is it, furries? Is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. You have to go furries, not rubber. Or just stick but with it has saran to be wrap. clean. Saran wrap, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But getting into a rubber suit, evidently there is lubricant involved because I Googled it. Press and seal. Martha has a press and seal. 
Yeah, I do. Outfit God, that would home. be a lot of lubricant unless it's like a spray or something. Well, I mean, you gosh. know, I, I, let me look at look just at this. Thing. Of the you have to just slather it all over yourself. <laughs> I wonder if you have to use like some Pam or something. I don't know. All of, you better be careful when you take a shower after that, because you get that lube on your feet and you will oh slip God. right out of the tub. <laughs> right? Can you imagine? Well, yeah. Um, explaining to the emergency room why you Seriously. fell down in the shower. It was the You'd Pam. You'd have to get one of those life alerts. <laughs> right? We had a greasy footprint on the carpet in my uh, my grad school apartment. <laughs> There was there was a foot shaped outline on the crappy old carpet that we had because we were all starving grad students. That was the remnant from uh, a Mazzola party, and somebody stepped out with a greasy foot and stepped on that spot of the carpet, and then it attracted every bit of dirt. You're gonna have forward. to you're gonna have to explain what Mazzola is to these little babies out there. They don't understand I was what say, that I is. I don't know what Mazzola is. Oh, it's just a brand. It's it's cooking oil. It's it was a brand of cooking oil, and it. And yeah, you had a yeah. party it was corn oil. revolving around the cooking oil? Uh, uh, revolving around the cooking oil and multiple people. Slippery bodies. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Sort of like was a, that a party that, that I everybody thought. put their keys in a bowl or something? <laughs> like a really slippery orgy. Yeah. It was a Mazzola key party, wasn't it? Yeah. There were no keys involved. It was just one group. Yeah. <laughs> So it says on Google that you apply talc or lubricant on the inside of the garment or on your skin or both, and then pull the latex on carefully, trying not to tug or pull with your fingers. You should not do both. You can use your whole hand. It made a paste. I know. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) It's made a paste, man. Then you shift it into place, smoothing out any wrinkles as you go along and pushing out air bubbles that may have gotten trapped against your skin. Mm. I better not eat any dairy before that or else I'd be creating more air bubbles. (laughs) I mean, do you have those professionally like size to you? Wow. I think you must because they are super tight. And I mean, like Ross said, you sweat and stuff and then you're, doesn't your skin expand when it's hot? Yeah. Like, you so s- when you put it on, it might fit, but by the time you want to get it off, it's like, now yeah. it's your skin and See, you have to live with it, it forever. It is sort of, in my opinion, that would be akin to torture. And maybe that's part of the point. Now, I don't but know. Keep, I'm not part of that community, but. Just make sure that the temperature is cranked down on the days that you want to wear that make sure that temperature is set at like 60 55 but can you imagine somebody can you imagine somebody who unlike me does not know that they have a latex allergy and what that does is it makes your skin burn Ooh, it your whole body if i get a latex bandage on my on my skin it leaves burn marks I'm going to say this particular kind of fetish, you don't jump into both feet. You like start out with other things, I would think. Like start with like the rubber, like, you know, mask. Oh, the headpiece goes first, huh? Or maybe like some rubber, like some, you know, rubber. Now you're making me think about dodgeball. Dodgeball coming to mind. (laughs) I would hope that people would be like using protection. So maybe they would figure it out from that. Although, wow, the first time finding out that you have a latex allergy. Yeah, that it's not. That would be awful. It's not very fun. I'll, I'll tell you that for nothing. I am burning. 
I would like to continue, but no, thank you. We will stop now. All of a sudden, you got some rash that you can't explain, and it has nothing to do with anything else. But try telling your partners that. Exactly. Oh my I gosh. promise I don't have anything. <laughs> I watched That's this one show say. called The League, and I can't remember which streaming service it was on. But in one of the episodes, a husband and wife, the husband had eaten some very, very spicy wings and not washed his hands. And the wife is trying to be spontaneous. And as soon as like he got home, they like did it on the stairs. And the next day she like was swollen and had a rash in her no-no places. And she thought that she had some kind of STD, but it was really just because he didn't wash his hands after he ate spicy wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically got hot sauce all over her hoo-hoo. I mean, I know jalapenos burn like if I touch my eyes after I've cut them. Yeah, that was one well, of the, the one of the um, things that we talked about when when Dylan was young. Uh, the reason that you would want to wear gloves while cutting jalapenos because you never know what you're doing later. Nobody gave me that talk, and let me tell you, I washed my hands like two times and then took my contacts out. Whoa, whoa, that would it, it was not good. It was not good. Well, Jessica reviewed a book on this podcast called The Swallows by Lisa Lutz. Oh, I love that and book. Do you remember what the girls did to get revenge on the guys at one point? No. They I... drank a whole bunch of milk and coated their mouths. And then they ate tons and tons of jalapeno peppers and then went down on a bunch of guys. <gasps> and the guys were like in agony. That's right. Oh. <laughs> oh. And I thought that's the best idea ever thanks lady for in case i ever have to like yeah if your husband does something particularly <laughs> bad and you just want to be an ice cold bitch about it that would kind well, of be the way to know. get a little revenge wouldn't it i right? mean i like never... jalapenos there you go baby pleasure and pain pleasure get him on your hands <laughs> make it tingle but not in a good way <laughs> <laughs> It's Not probably a nice just cold bitch, bitch, a red hot bitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. If your husband gives you COVID and you lo you lose your taste, jalapenos, baby, <laughs> jalapenos. There you go. Oh, COVID <laughs> revenge scenario number three. Bing, 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 COVID, bing. COVID revenge sex, right there. What did she win, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do. You maybe give him COVID too. <laughs> and that's gonna do it for. Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.